Hello, and welcome to this speed listen installment of the Six Gun Justice podcast, featuring everything you need to know about the Western TV series Lancer, the Lancer tie-in novel, and the ongoing scandal in the world of Lancer fan fiction, all in under 15 minutes, give or take. I'm Paul Bishop. My compadre Richard Prosh and I co-host the full-length episodes of the Six Gun Justice podcast, but ride solo for our own speed listen bonus installments. In this installment, I want to talk about the Western television show Lancer and the revival of interest in it brought on by its inclusion in Quentin Tarantino's most recent film. Then I'll take you down the rabbit hole of the ongoing scandal and continuing fan controversy over a Western TV series that went off the air 50 years ago. The often overlooked TV Western Lancer was recently resurrected in the public consciousness due to his part as a pivotal transition in Quentin Tarantino's most recent film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Lovingly recreating a hazy memory of scenes from the Lancer pilot, Tarantino used rebuilt, detailed versions of Lancer's original sets, along with scripted action taken directly from Lancer's pilot episode, to bring to life again an idealized version of the show. Filming these scenes through soft, amber-colored filters With film noir lighting and major motion picture standards, Tarantino's almost obsessive appreciation for the series is clear. Lancer originally ran for two seasons on CBS, from September 1968 to May 1970, for a total of 51 hour-long episodes shot in color. The episodes were rerun on CBS during the summer of 1971, before the series fell into relative obscurity. Despite its quality in both writing and acting, Lancer originally failed to find an audience as it premiered under a black cloud of circumstances. First, the glory days of the television western had gone the way of the west itself. Gunsmoke and several other stalwart westerns such as Bonanza, The Big Valley, and High Chaparral still had their spurs on. But these shows were established family favorites and delivered ratings sponsors could rely on. New Westerns were no longer guaranteed to be popular hits, even with proven stars twirling their six-guns. Audiences had developed saddle sores from riding an overabundance of cowboys and recycled plots. Television viewers wanted something new and hip. Gritty cop shows, underdog lawyers taking on the establishment, and resolute doctors desperately trying to find a cure for the medical ailment of the week. Created by Samuel A. Peebles, Lancer starred character actor Andrew Duggan, as Cattle Baron Murdoch Lancer, a conflicted tyrant trying to keep his 200,000-acre ranch in California's San Joaquin Valley out of the hands of land pirates, rustlers, and low-level schemers. When his loyal ramrod is killed, and Murdoch himself is badly injured, he is forced to reach out to his two estranged sons, half-brothers who are unaware of each other's existence. Also in the mix, is the murdered Ramrod's beautiful daughter, Teresa O'Brien, who Murdoch has taken in as his ward. The two sons couldn't be more different. Johnny Madrid, played by James Stacy, is a half-Mexican gunslinger with a deadly reputation. His mother, Maria, was Murdoch's second wife, and there are conflicting stories about why she left Murdoch and took the two-year-old Johnny with her to Mexico, never to return. Raised in border towns, fighting to survive, Johnny is hostile and hair-tempered, and has cut the name Lancer from his identity. As the pilot opens, he's barely saved from a Mexican firing squad by the Pinkerton agent his father sent to track him down. Scott Lancer, played by Wayne Maunder, 
is the educated older son. When his mother died in childbirth, Murdoch placed him with the mother's wealthy Bostonian relatives to raise. A veteran of a Union Army cavalry unit, which saw action in the Civil War, he is upright, sartorially splendid, and has the manners of an officer and a moneyed gentleman. However, he has seen the elephant a time or two and can ride and fight like hell when the need arises. Through the Pinkerton agent sent to find him, Murdoch offers each sum $1,000 to meet with him and simply listen to what he has to say. If they wish, they can take their thousand and walk away. It's a stormy encounter, which becomes the trademark of the show. There is no love lost between the three very different men. There's lots of resentment and anger, and absolutely no attempt at understanding or reconciliation. Unlike the wise fatherly Ben Cartwright on Bonanza, Andrew Duggan portrays Murdoch Lancer as an aggressive, unrepentant bully with control issues, who has no intention of admitting to any mistakes, even though he desperately needs his estranged son's help. This is the dramatic through-line that makes Lancer different than all the other family clan westerns. Lancer is not about blood ties and family ties. The only reason the resentful Johnny Madrid and the better-than-you Scott Lancer hang around is because Murdoch Lancer offers them each a one-third share in the Lancer Ranch. The brothers have no understanding or feeling toward each other, let alone their father, a man they don't know or understand, and have no feeling toward beyond antipathy. Refreshingly for its time, Lancer was about getting and keeping what's mine at any cost. It was about self-preservation, self-interest, and selfishness. While the traditional Western family tropes make an occasional appearance in the scripts, it isn't long before the true colors of the Lancer clan emerge from where they lurk right beneath the surface. That said, the well-written characters do grow and mature as the episodes progress. Begrudgingly, certainly, but the characters are not unintelligent nor two-dimensional. But like real people, change comes to characters in the form of two steps forward and one step back, sometimes even a step and a half back. The look of Lancer was also different. The Spanish-inspired Old California stylings and distinct amber color palette of the sets on the 20th Century Fox Studios extended to the exterior scenes, which were filmed in Carmel and Lone Pine, California, as well as on the 20th Century Fox Ranch in Malibu Creek State Park. The exterior sets were also designed to appear more prosperous than the traditional Western Main Street. This mix of Spanish stylings and the traditional Western gave the show an almost exotic ambiance and set it apart from its contemporaries. Jerome Moros composed a stirring theme song for the show. It supported the episodic stories from top experienced writers who were available as so many other Western series have been canceled. In fact, the season two episode of Lancer entitled Z, starring Stephanie Powers, won the Western Writers of America Spur Award for writer Andy Lewis, the first ever designated for a television script. Lancer was also populated by many top guest stars, including Joe Don Baker, Jack Elam, Sam Elliott, Bruce Stern, Ron Howard, Cloris Leachman, Warren Oates, Agnes Moorhead, Keenan Wynn, Pat Hingle, Pernell Roberts, and the aforementioned Stephanie Powers, among others. Added to the cast for season two was supporting actor Paul Berengar. He had previously made a one-off appearance in the show as Jelly Hoskins. In resurrecting Jelly, he served the same process as the slightly skewed wishbone character he played on Rawhide, a sounding board with occasional wise words.
while many other vintage Western series, even some of dubious quality, have been made widely available on DVD, somehow Lancer has been overlooked. Another mystery is why reruns of Lancer are rarely, if ever, part of the lineup of vintage TV Westerns constantly showing on nostalgia channels and streaming services. Episodes can be found on YouTube, but the quality of these bootlegs runs the gamut from fair, at best, to unwatchable. Still, the effort to track down and watch Lancer for the first time, or to reacquaint yourself with one of the last and best vintage Western TV series to come out of the halcyon days of the genre, will be entertainingly rewarded. Even though the dynamics of the Lancer concept were quite different and much darker, on the surface, the show appeared to be simply another Western family clan drama. Before the first episode of the show was aired, TV critic Cleveland Amory quickly passed judgment on it as a poor man's bonanza. This was way off the mark, but the undeserved assessment took its toll on the show. Battling sagebrush fatigue and Lancer's perceived generic nature kept viewers already satiated with their favorite comfort westerns from tuning in. The biggest blow to Lancer, however, was its time slot. Knowing the critics were already gunning for the show, CBS threw Lancer to the wolves, putting it up against The Mod Squad, which would suck all the air out of the ratings and go on to become a massive hit for ABC. On NBC, the antics of Jerry Lewis drew most of the remaining viewers away. Lancer didn't stand a chance, which is a shame, as the relatively few who did see the show recognized his quality and depth, often remembering it as their favorite Western. In those less enlightened times, had women been allowed to control the choice of television stations, Lancer might have had a much longer run. The two young male leads, James Stacy and Wayne Maunder, made a large bevy of preteen girls swoon as they flipped through Tiger Beat magazine. Even today, the now-deceased James Stacy continues to have a loyal retinue consisting of females of a certain age. While Quentin Tarantino clearly appreciated the significance of Lancer, other loyal Lancer fans have kept the series flame alive for over 50 years without the need for Tarantino's directorial power and studio cash. Currently, the land of Lancer fanfiction, or fanfic in the vernacular, is not only alive but blossoming and even filled with its own scandal and controversy. Now I told you up front we were going to go down a rabbit hole, and this one has more twists than most, so I ask for your patience while I cover a little background before getting back to Westerns and the fanfic hullabaloo of controversy related to Lancer. I'll do it as quickly as possible. Wikipedia defines fanfic as being written by fans of any work of fiction where the fan uses copyrighted characters, settings, or other intellectual properties from an original creator as the basis for their writing. Fanfic, in some form or another, has been around almost since the beginning of popular culture. In the pre-internet days, Fanfic was most often copied by mimeograph and later Xerox machines to be passed along to other fans and to your Aunt Edna, who would read anything you wrote. Every writer needs an Aunt Edna. Today, the Internet hosts uncountable websites for the sharing and archiving of fanfic from an uncountable number of pop culture sources. Ranging from flash fiction length to short stories to entire novels, Writers of fanfic either remain strictly within the established world of the characters and settings with which they are enamored, or take the established characters off in directions their original creators never intended, including into the realms of fantasy and pornography. The fanfic worlds of such shows as Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, and Firefly, or movie franchises like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, are thriving and active, 
Fanfic attached to the iconic Sherlock Holmes is widespread, exploding exponentially when Sherlock, the television show starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman, caught the fancy of new fans. Not all, but most intellectual property rights owners turn a blind eye to obvious copyright violations because fanfic enhances the grassroots interest in property. Mainstream publishing, on the other hand, considers the hullabaloos of fanfic as either not worthy of notice or as a source for derision to be treated like a redheaded stepchild with pimples on a fat butt. To some degree, fanfic revels in being ignored by the world in general. It knows it's an outlier and is happy to exist in a parallel universe of its own, where the concepts and characters from TV shows, movies, bands, video games, and other media are never canceled or forgotten. Problems arise, however, when the cosmic realm of fanfic warps time and space while traveling through a black hole and morphs into various incarnations of commercial endeavor. The mega-selling blockbuster novel Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James is a primary example of this murky endeavor. Fifty Shades began life as the unauthorized online fanfic story, Master of the Universe, based on Stephanie Meyer's best-selling paranormal romance series, Twilight. The main characters were initially named Edward and Bella, after two of Twilight's main characters. However, Master of the Universe took Stephanie Meyer's comparatively chaste concept and went on to explore what direction the relationship between Edward and Bella might take if, instead of being a celibate vampire, Edward was a decidedly purient human businessman. A sequence of virtually unbelievable events blossoming from the popularity of Master of the Universe led to a seven-figure book deal. James renamed the characters, but she didn't rewrite the book. Running Masters of the Universe and Fifty Shades of Grey through anti-plagiarism software concluded 89% of the text was identical. Still, James's publisher, Vintage, maintained Fifty Shades was original and no longer based on Twilight. Huh. I'm not sure how that makes sense, but apparently large amounts of money can warp the truths of reality. In another controversial fanfic commercial publishing situation, two enterprising amateur writers of Man From Uncle fanfic wrote three uncle novels, printed them professionally with photos from the show on the covers, and designed their publication format to match as close as possible with the 23 officially authorized uncle novels published by Ace in the late 60s. They then set about selling them online and on eBay for $22 each. To get around this clear violation of copyright, the authors claimed they contacted Warner Brothers, who owned the property, and asked for permission. However, in the best tradition of it's better to ask for forgiveness than wait for permission, when they didn't hear back, they assumed they had the green light to go ahead and publish. When called out by other fans and fanfic writers, the writing team claimed they were making no profit from selling the books, as all monies earned was being put toward publishing more books. At $22 for each of the currently three novels, I have to again shake my head at the oxymoron of truth in advertising. Without a doubt, there are other egregious examples of blurring the line between amateur fanfic and commercial enterprise. However, while compared to the fanfic practitioner's fanatical devotion to the far more popular pop culture franchises, amateur wordslingers dedicated to Western shows, especially those shows from the golden years of the TV Westerns, are a rare breed. There are, however, several Western fanfic exceptions that have survived for 50 years and still produce new stories today from wordslingers who only know the shows from reruns. Bonanza is the strongest example of a fanfic community dedicated to a Western TV show. At any given moment, multiple Bonanza episodes are showing in reruns somewhere in the world. 
Currently, Bonanza Ventures and NBC Universal Incorporated hold the copyright to the Bonanza TV show, created by David Dotort. And there have been a number of traditionally published, authorized Bonanza tie-in novels over the years. Bonanza Ventures appears to encourage fanfic involvement and has given their blessings to major websites such as Bonanza World and Bonanza Boomers that feature Bonanza fanfic. The long-running Bonanza World website had been fanfic central for Bonanza, but was tragically hacked and the archives gutted. Since then, the officially licensed Bonanza Boomers has become the ongoing home for all things Bonanza, including support for ongoing Bonanza fanfic efforts. While the lines are strictly laid out on the Bonanza Boomer website, quote, any use of this material for any commercial use or any unauthorized display, distribution, transmission, or other use of this material is expressly prohibited, unquote. In the case of Bonanza, it seems the real-world license holders, who also have the rights to High Chaparral, which has its own fanfic following, and the realm of Bonanza fandom and fanfic have an amiable relationship. In fact, in the case of Bonanza World, a collection of fanfic from the site, The Best of Bonanza World, was officially published and is readily available from Amazon. And another fanfic writer, with a number of professional nonfiction titles published, was given permission by show creator David Dotort to publish two Bonanza tie-in novels, which are also currently available. So, some good, some bad, and some in-between tales of fanfic crossing over into the commercial world. Which brings us to the ongoing fanfic controversy attached to the Western series Lancer. There was one Lancer tie-in novel in 1968, but this was the only official tie-in novel. As I mentioned earlier, in 1970, the Western Writers of America presented their prestigious Spur Award to Andy Lewis for his second season Lancer script Z, which aired on September 30, 1969. However, by the time the Spur Award was presented, Lancer had already been canceled and began its slide into mainstream obscurity. But, while out of the mainstream consciousness, Lancer developed a solid cult following which continues to flourish today as evidenced by a proliferation of Facebook groups and Yahoo sites actively dedicated to the show. Full-length episodes of Lancer remain available for public viewing on YouTube with over three-quarters of a million combined views. And complementing this fan adoration is a prolific Lancer fanfic universe active on sites across the Internet. But in 2014, 40 years after Lancer went off the air, Five Star Publishing released a Western novel entitled Dance with the Devil by J.D. March. Five Star billed the book as new and original fiction, designating it as the first book in what they were calling the Devil's Own series. Several days after publication, the first sign of controversy reared its ugly head. A reader clearly familiar with the TV series Lancer posted an Amazon review flatly calling out Dance with the Devil with the opening salvo, Whoa, wait, isn't this Lancer? Things were about to go from bad to worse, and yes, worser. Word spread quickly through the Lancer fanfic community. As more reviews followed, Dance with the Devil was angrily denounced as an unauthorized novelization of the Lancer pilot episode. The Lancer clan had been transformed into the Sinclair clan, Scott Lancer had become Guy Sinclair, and Deadly Gunfighter Johnny Madrid was now Deadly Gunfighter Johnny Fierro. However, the beats of the storyline, set in the post-Civil War era, a cranky Scottish patriarch, an impending range war, two estranged sons who are each offered a one-third share of the ranch in exchange for their help, and a young female ward, were directly lifted from the original pilot script. J.D. March was quickly unmasked as Marsha Castle, 
an active contributor to a number of Lancer fanfic websites. She was well known for presenting a darker version of the Lancer concept and characters in her fanfic stories. In 2008, she posted several Lancer fanfic tales under the unifying title, The Devil's Own. The same sobriquet Five Star was using for the series, of which Dance with the Devil was the debut. Furthermore, the second of Castle's fanfic tales, An Uneasy Alliance, was listed as the title of the upcoming second book in the Devil's Own series from Five Star. When trying to locate the original fanfic stories for comparison, it was clear an attempt had been made to remove any trace of them from the sites where they had originally been posted. But even a world-class whack-a-mole champion would have a hard time trying to erase all signs of anything from the internet. Copies of the original stories were eventually unearthed and brought to the publisher's attention. Five Star Submission Guidelines clearly state, quote, All material must be the author's own original work, and material that has been previously published in any form, including electronic, will not be considered, unquote. When presented with the evidence of both plagiarism and prior publication, Five Star, who almost certainly had no idea when they agreed to publish the book, didn't back down. Instead, they declined to accept the validity of the claims and refused to pull Dance with the Devil from their list. Making matters even more complicated, several prominent writers gave glowing reviews for Dance with the Devil, and True West Magazine went as far as to name J.D. March the best new Western author of 2015. The allegations brought against the book were being treated as unsubstantiated sour grapes, giving a glimpse of the inadvertent but long-standing dismissive mainstream attitude toward the veracity of fanfic writers. Having watched the Lancer pilot episode and read Dance with the Devil for myself, it's clear the accusations of plagiarism have a solid basis. Dance with the Devil is not poorly written. In fact, even knowing the background, I found the prose above average and I enjoyed the book. The problem is, the author clearly used the characters and storylines developed and created by Samuel A. Peebles. In some ways, it's hard to make a judgment call, because fanfic related to copyrighted entities has a history of turning into commercial properties where the lines of familiarity are not quite as blatant as in Dance with the Devil, which it has finally dawned on me is a very ironic title given the situation. However, the case against Dance with the Devil stems not only from the appropriation of characters and concept. If the author had written an original prequel to the series, or even a continuation to the storylines cut short by network cancellation, there may have been some small wiggle room. But, as well written as it is, Dance with the Devil is little more than a closed-captioned version of the Lancer pilot. Is there any doubt Quentin Tarantino had to pay Sam Peebles' estate, or the current rights holders, who have remained surprisingly silent in this situation, for the right to use Lancer in the manner he did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Can you imagine the uproar if he hadn't? Five Star has gone on to publish two more books in the Devil's Own series written by Marsha Castle under her J.D. March pseudonym. I haven't read them, but since going down this rabbit hole, I've ordered them and intend to do so. Why? Hmm, good question. Perhaps because I am fascinated by this dark corner of the Western universe and the world of fiction at large. Many Westerns, such as High Plains Drifter and Pale Rider, have spookily similar plot lines. Mysterious Stranger arrives from nowhere and is either a spirit or an avenging angel. Lancer itself was accused of being a bonanza wannabe, but that accusation could be leveled at any Western built around a family clan from High Chaparral to Dallas to Yellowstone. In light of the accusations surrounding Dance with the Devil, Five Star Publishing, who I have never known to be anything less than ethical, 
must have had their lawyers explore the situation before proceeding to publish two further books in the series. A fourth was also self-published by the author. It would appear that in their judgment, Dance with the Devil is sufficiently different from the alleged source material for any allegations otherwise to be unsustainable in court. I have formed my own opinion of Dance with the Devil, but I am sufficiently interested to investigate if the other books in the Devil's own series show the characters evolve away from the alleged source material through the use of original plots, or if the closed-caption procurement of Lancer episodes continues. Thanks for listening to this bonus speed listen installment of the Six Gun Justice podcast. Remember to check out our website at www.sixgunjustice.com for regularly updated reviews, articles, and interviews from the best of the Western wordslingers. You can also email your questions or comments to sixgunjusticewesterns at gmail.com. Six Gun Justice podcast episodes, speed listen installments, and Six Gun Justice conversations are available on all major streaming platforms. Until next time, be safe, stay healthy, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and keep your horse from bucking. Adios. Let's ride.